right, let's go back to our Bibles in Luke chapter number 10. And, uh, and you know, for sake of time, uh, I don't want you to, we're not going to read all of the beginning part. Uh, but as we read the gospel accounts and we see as Jesus and his disciples went from place to place and event to event, uh, the, the dialogue that he had uh, with the disciples, uh, the messages that he preached, uh, some of the insider things that, uh, that he deals with with those who are his followers. And we even see uh, 70 uh, that returned uh, in, in a few verses before our text. Uh, and uh, they were rejoicing, they had joy, uh, saying, you know, even like verse 17, uh, that devils are subject unto us through thy name. And, uh, and, uh, and of course, the Lord uh, wanted to make sure that uh, that uh, they were uh, in their the right place and how they thought of things and what they were doing and uh, and and basically gets down into verse number twenty three where it says he turned unto his disciples and said privately so if you can imagine uh, there are people that are coming uh, and there are other people that uh, that are maybe in proximity uh, to where they are because we see uh, this lawyer saying something here in a second uh, but he turns to his disciples uh, privately. Uh, and says, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see, uh, in verse 23. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Having a private moment with them, reminding them of the blessings that they have, being a participant uh, in what Christ was doing, the fellowship that he had, the things that he was saying. And remember, the Bible declares that, uh, that the world couldn't contain the books. Uh, that could be written on all that Christ did. Uh, so when we read the Gospels, we, uh, we, it's filled with wonderful events. Uh, and, uh, and we really live our whole life as Christians, exploring those events, uh, living vicariously through them, learning, applying uh, the truths that He taught them, uh, under, and then under inspiration that we apply because it's profitable for that. Uh, and then knowing, knowing full well uh, that there's so much that we don't know, uh, so much that was not revealed, uh, which I hope, uh, you know, um, uh, that when we get to heaven, you think about the information age that we live in, and like right now, you can, you can download uh, tons and tons of information uh, in just a flash. And I hope that somehow, uh, you know, when we get to heaven, uh, we just get a download <laughs> of, uh, of what uh, God was referring to uh, with all of the different things so that we can kind of see, uh, perhaps in that way, uh, and know and have knowledge of all of it. Uh, and so he turns to them privately and, uh, and says, hey, uh, basically in a nutshell, you guys are blessed. Uh, you know, a lot of people would love to see the things that, uh, that you see and, and don't, and you get to. And by the way, I could preach a whole message on the fact that as Christians, you get to see a whole lot of stuff that, uh, that people who are non-Christians don't. Uh, and, uh, and even the, the insight that God gives you through His Word that helps you to be able to cope uh, and deal with life and to go through problems and difficulties, uh, to, to count our blessings, to see the goodness of God and things, or uh, just to, to, yesterday I was uh, uh, on a, a ride and out by um, LB and whatever that lake, I forget what the name of that lake is out there, uh, but just beautiful. Uh, and, and as a Christian, we look at all of that and we know that it just didn't happen. You know, something was just spinning in space and it blew up and, uh, and then all this order that we have uh, just happens to be there. Uh, we know that something didn't climb out of, you know, out of a pond uh, and, uh, and become, you know, uh, anyways, we know all that. Uh, and we're blessed. Um, and so we could spend a whole time on that. But inevitably, 
uh, when, when Christians, when Jesus himself and his disciples having a kind of a, a moment uh, where they're rejoicing and, and thankful about, uh, about all that God is doing, Jesus, God, the God-man is doing, uh, then some knucklehead uh, is going to chime in uh, and ruin it, or at least attempt to ruin it. Uh, and, uh, and how many of you experienced that before? Man, this is all, man things, uh, God is so good. Uh, and then somebody says, well, but. And uh, they're just a downer uh, about life. And, and I don't, by the way, I don't like being around people like that. Uh, I like being around people who uh, have some joy. And, uh, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things in this world that, that we are certainly disturbed about that bring uh, great grief uh, and sadness uh, and, uh, and so uh, when you're around Christians uh, who should know better uh, and, and have a, a different view of those things, we should lift each other up uh, and, uh, and, and not be uh, a downer about those things. So a lawyer, uh, verse number 25, insert jokes about lawyers right there. Uh, if you want, my sister is a lawyer. And, uh, and so uh, we, uh, uh, I'll joke about that with her. Uh, and uh, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him. Say, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And so uh, he asks the question. Uh, and, uh, but the thing about this question is it was not a sincere, genuine question uh, that uh, he wanted to know the answer to. Uh, it was a trap. Uh, it was uh, something that was left out there with the intent to ensnare Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, um, I know when somebody's asking me a question, uh, if it's sincere and genuine, uh, or if it's a trap. Uh, and sometimes it's easy to know that uh, just with context, and, uh, and especially if it's somebody uh, that uh, uh, is asking me something uh, uh, in an email uh, or online or whatever, that I don't know them, all right? 99.9% uh, of the time, it is meant not as a sincere question, a genuine uh, query, uh, but it is something uh, that they want to fight. Uh, they want me to say something or whatever. It's meant to ensnare and entrap. Uh, and that's what took place here. Uh, and it's kind of like if I was the Lord, uh, I might have, uh, it, it maybe, maybe that's part of the stuff that we don't see that's not contained in there. Uh, no, probably not. But if I was the Lord, I would have said, you know what? Shh, can we just have a moment? You know, it's just, was I, you know, or I would be like, was I talking to you? <laughs> uh, might have been the thing. Are you involved in this conversation? Uh, can't you see I'm having a private conversation with my disciples? Uh, and, uh, and you got to chime in uh, with a question that, uh, that really is a gotcha question. Uh, I would have just called them on the carpet. Uh, and, uh, but the Lord is gracious uh, and, uh, and, and, and indulgent in a, in a way, not a bad way. Uh, but I think he, he, he lets us, uh, oftentimes spout off to vent, uh, to say things, uh, and, uh, and it's like he could just like, shh, you know, uh, and tell us to stop, and he does, and he just lets us go. Uh, and in all of that, uh, I think uh, in the sovereignty of God and in the character of God, uh, he just wants us to get to a place where we work through, uh, we trust him, uh, we, can, we can be thankful, uh, but uh, he, didn't, he didn't shut the guy down, uh, and because he didn't, we have this great uh, account uh, that we can look at. So it was a feigned question, and, uh, and here's the answer. And Jesus, uh, verse number 26, he said unto him, what is written in the law, and how readest thou? 
All right, so that was to, that, he answered the question with a question. Uh, he said, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, and then Jesus says, what does the word of God say? What does it say in the scriptures? Now, I'd love to park there for a while, uh, and, uh, but I won't. But I will say this. Um, most of the answers that you need are in the Bible. All right. Uh, the Bible contains everything, you know, uh, sufficient, uh, it pertain, everything pertaining to life and godliness. It's in the Bible. The answer is there. Uh, and uh, you might not have, you know, a, a verbatim answer to a prayer or whatever, but we know that the Bible is, it, it contains all that. You could have a question about whatever, and you could read John eleven thirty five, 35, uh, and the Holy Spirit of God can give you an answer uh, from whatever it is that you're reading. That's how God speaks to us is through his word. So if you're, trying to, if you're trying to figure something out, come to a decision, work, work through some type of problem, and you're not spending time in your Bible, you're doing it wrong. Uh, and, uh, and you say, well, I'll just skip the Bible reading and I'll go to the preacher. And then the preacher, you, you, you lay out your case and the preacher says, but what, is the, what does the Bible say? And you're like, ah, oh, I could have just, just read it and not come in here and asked you. Uh, but that's, the, that's where we go to. It's not a pat answer. It's not, it's not being, um, you know, unkind or whatever. Uh, but, you know, what does the Word of God say? Now, these men, th- these scribes, these lawyers, uh, and uh, uh, they, they were very uh, wise to what the Bible said. And, and so this man quotes from the Shema. He goes into Deuteronomy uh, chapter number 6. And remember, a lot of these Jews, they, uh, they wore phylacteries. Uh, on their head, and, and they had parts of Scripture and stuff in there. They memorized it. They, they knew, and Jesus, Jesus knew that that man knew the answer, and, uh, and he probably had it uh, in his phylactery. I have a little thing in my, uh, the margin of my Bible uh, that says uh, uh, he was phylactose intolerant, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and uh, so he wasn't referring. He knew what the Word of God was, uh, and, uh, but, uh, but he, in fact, was an, you know, asking a, a gotcha question. So uh, he says, what's written in the law? How readest thou? And he, uh, this lawyer, answering said, uh, and he quotes the first part of this, is Deuteronomy 6.5. Uh, and, uh, and there's a, a, a huge message right in there. Uh, and, and really, when I said that Christianity is very simple, we have, we have verses like this, you know, where he says, first and second commandments. Uh, or, um, you know, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. Love God and keep His commandments. Uh, we want to know what God wants, and we try to get into these, these deep, mystical um, things, profound things, and we just, we just muddle it all up. And it's really simple. You're born again, uh, and uh, you live by faith. You try to lead people to Christ. There's the great commission. There's the great commandment. Uh, and, you, and you live them out. You do the best that you can. Uh, and so this uh, scribe quotes from Deuteronomy 6 and verse number 5. Uh, and uh, in this verse here in 20, verse 27 says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, uh, with, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind. And we can get into soul, spirit, uh, you know, all the different things, how we love God. The bottom line is this. When, when you love God, you're just supposed to really, 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 really love God. Everything about, it's, it's your heart, soul, might, strength. Uh, it's everything that is in you. So if you can imagine something where you put everything into it, then just multiply that exponentially. 
That's the kind of love that we're supposed to have for God. Uh, we're supposed to love God. That's why when, when last week I, I made fun of, I guess in one way people get upset about Independence Day uh, and that it's, 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 a worship, it's worshiping uh, the flag or worshiping America and it's idol worship and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I just give people the benefit of the doubt that they understand that Christians love God more than they love anything else. Uh, and uh, and so I just I just I just don't want to think that that Christians uh, would fall into that kind of uh, trap of of worshiping uh, America uh, more than they worship God. So loving God. So there's a four point message right in there that I'm going to skip. Uh, and it's all your heart, all your soul, and strength and mind. And then he quotes from Leviticus chapter number 19 in verse number 18. Uh, where in part in that verse, well, it says this, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. And so he, uh, knowing uh, the, the law, uh, Jesus says, what does it say? Uh, and, uh, and he says, uh, love God and love your neighbor. First and second uh, great commandments uh, that, he, uh, that he gives. And then verse number uh, 28 uh, of our text, it says, And he said unto him, Jesus said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. And by the way, uh, a little bit later, uh, after the whole story unfolds, he again says uh, to, to him in, uh, in verse number 37, Go and do thou likewise. Jesus put an emphasis on doing. Uh, not just being, but doing all the time. Go and do. Uh, and Jesus himself went about doing. Uh, and it's a great example for us. And so, lest I, uh, I don't mention that, I want to mention it right now. Uh, he says, go and do this. In fact, Paul even uh, is the things that you've seen and heard in me, etc. He says, do them. Uh, that's what Christianity is. It's, it's doing. But what we, I'm, I'm proud to be a Baptist. I'm, uh, you know, uh, all the sayings, Baptist of the cat will be, I was Baptist born and bred. When I die, I'll be Baptist dead. Uh, you know, and on a, uh, all the different sayings. I love being a Baptist. Uh, and, uh, but, uh, you know, our, we have to be Baptist in creed and Christian in deed. And I preach about that. And I remember also this upcoming Saturday, part of this, uh, the, the method behind this or the reason, the moral behind this passage of Scripture as we make application is serving and loving our neighbor. So we have uh, the, uh, the Love Works, uh, totally free car wash. We'll have other things. It's, it's what good is it if we're just, we're, we're just right about stuff, but we don't, we don't live uh, and behave like Christians and do Christian things? Um, you know, I mentioned riding and, and seeing the lake and enjoying that. And does anybody know what's bothering me? What's the name of that lake out there in LB? Okay, Alder Lake. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Now I can move on. And... Uh, um, but, you know, as, uh, as there's different places you go and, uh, and you see things that aren't so beautiful. Uh, and just as much as I've seen the beauty of God uh, in His creation, uh, I'll see uh, the effects of sin and uh, in all the, the nastiness that comes with all of that. Uh, and, uh, and you see that too. Uh, and uh, so um, we have to share, uh, we have the Great Commission, the Great Commandments, it's, 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 much, it's, it's a lot more simple than, uh, than we make it out to be. Uh, but, but, it, but what it is, it's more than just coming here on Sunday. 
Uh, and uh, there's a cycle that we're in, and, and, it's, and, and I don't like it, uh, but it's just, it's life, and it's like we just do things, there's administration, uh, there's activities, you know, get the, place, get the place clean and mow the grass or whatever so that people can come uh, and, uh, and worship God uh, and go. Uh, and we do, the same, we do the same things week after week, uh, and, but, but in the back of our mind, we know that we're not doing it right. It's, it's more than just showing up here. And it isn't about making this place pretty and whatever and nice and have facilities so that we can bring, uh, you know, uh, the you know, people in. We're to go out in the highways and hedges and, you know, compel them, yes. Uh, but, but, but church is about equipping us to go out there and to, and to be light and salt. And, uh, and, it's, and it's, it's not as difficult as we make it out to be. Uh, it is very, very simple. And so he says, this do, he said, you know, love God and love your neighbor. Uh, and uh, he said, you answered right. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, give the man a prize. Uh, you, uh, you answered right. Uh, and he says, this do and thou shalt live. But just like the lawyer in lawyer fashion. Uh, verse number 29. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Right? Just like, and, and by the way, when we look at this guy and we think, what a scoundrel, asking the question, Jesus is on to him uh, and answers the question with a question. The guy knows the answer. He says that, by the way, you know the answer to a lot of life's questions in the Bible. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, but then uh, when the preacher says, what does the Bible say? You go, uh, you know, let's take this one. Um, there's all kinds of problems like it. Let's say somebody is... Um, they just feel like God is not present in their life. Pastor, um, please tell me, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and I say, well, what does the Bible say? And they say, well, Jesus will never leave me nor forsake me. All right, you said right. Uh, and, uh, but then you say, but, but I feel, but I this and willing to justify, you say, but you don't know what I'm going through. Here's the thing. He never left you. He is there. That's what the word of God says. I know you feel that way. I know that you have difficulty, but what does the word of God say? And so as a Christian, uh, when we think God's left me, we go to the word of God and find out that he didn't. And what should we do? We change our behavior. We change our belief. No, he didn't. So if he didn't leave me, I, I cannot, uh, in, my, in my right mind, really, honestly, uh, attach myself to the feelings of, of loneliness uh, and being away from God because it isn't true. The feelings aren't based in fact. He, in fact, did not leave, and he is there. Is everybody with me? So the, so the feeling and the expression of that feeling that I'm having uh, is, not, is not right. I have to stop that. Uh, and, uh, and then glory in the fact that he is, he, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. I have his presence and his promised presence forever. I will be with you always, even unto what? The end of the earth. He's, he's, he's there. He's never, so if, if my feelings don't line up with facts, uh, then, then I, have to, I have to do something about the feelings. And if I really struggle with it and, and have a difficult time making the change, one of the, the things I can do is go, okay, how I feel is not real, and I don't need to tell everybody about it. Does it follow me? And you say, well, I need to be able to express myself, and I need to be whatever, uh, and, uh, and that's great. But inevitably, you're going to say, 
you know, God's forsaken me. And then somebody that loves you go, no, he didn't. And then you get mad at them. Uh, and you know, and then you, willing to justify yourself, uh, will say things, well, you know, uh, just like this lawyer. See, and he said, well, who's my neighbor? And here's the deal about uh, these, these scribes and these religious people uh, is that, um, remember, they, they lived by the law and they parsed everything out and they tried to find every little, you know, every little loophole, every little thing. So when the Bible says, love your neighbor, they had a very narrow understanding of who their neighbor was. And one of them that they definitely did not think was their neighbor was the Samaritans. Absolutely not. Not them. Uh, and, uh, but it was just really, anybody, Samaritans, Gentiles, uh, to them, the neighbors were other Jews. Uh, and, uh, and even if they were proselyte Jews, uh, they, you know, there were just, they, they had all kinds of different things that they did and believed. And so they had a very narrow interpretation. Uh, and, uh, and it was a sad thing that they did, but you and I do it all the time. Uh, we, you know, God, God says, give and it shall be given unto you. Press on, and, and willing to justify ourselves, we say, well, I did, or uh, I tried that, or, uh, or he didn't give me, or uh, did he really mean that? Is, is, a, is a tithe uh, uh, legitimate? Uh, should it, uh, what if it's cheerf, cheerful giving and not cheerful? And we begin to justify ourselves and disobey God, uh, and we lawyer, not reasoning with God, when he says, come, let us reason together, say the Lord, we, uh, we are completely off. And so he's like, who's, you know, who's my neighbor? What's the, loop, what's the loophole? Justified himself. He uh, wanted to feel better about what he's doing and, uh, and make God uh, be more uh, specific, but not the Gentiles, not the Samaritans. And then Jesus, verse 30, answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance... Uh, there came down, uh, it's funny that the God of heaven uh, is uh, telling this account and he says, and, uh, and by chance. Uh, th- there's no chance. Uh, it's kind of ironic. Uh, and uh, in, in a way, he says, and by chance, uh, there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he uh, was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Now, um, of course, whenever I read these accounts, I want to uh, role play, put myself in the middle of this, and thinking of myself as perhaps this lawyer in many respects in my life, I've been in the same place. God says this, and we want to justify ourselves and make something more out of it or, uh, or try to catch, uh, catch God up. Uh, in, a, in a silly question, uh, like what was happening here. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, uh, you know, he's telling the story uh, and uh, names the priest uh, and it says a Levite, uh, and then the Samaritan did this. I bet you the lawyer knew exactly where Jesus was going with this story uh, and, uh, and probably felt it like the entire time. Uh, and I like how God, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, asked him uh, a little bit later who... Which of these? Uh, and made uh, the man voice it and say it. Uh, which is what God does. Uh, when Adam and Eve were in the garden uh, and, and God said, Adam, where art thou? God knew where he was. 
but, but he needed Adam to say, you know, I, I'm naked. Uh, and, uh, and to voice that. God knows exactly where you are. When the Holy Spirit of God uh, begins to, to nudge you, uh, and uh, uh, God help us if we're, if this is, what, this is how we pray sometimes. Maybe we're under great conviction. And we don't even, it, it, we're, we're in, the, in, the, in a moment of prayer, uh, in a prayer closet, alone with God, on our face or whatever, uh, and we're praying, uh, just you and God, and you still can't be honest with God. Well, God, you know. And, and if, if I was God, I'd be like, I'm just going to wait till you name it. Name it. Say it. Say the words. That's how, that's how, that would come on. Uh, and, uh, but we, even in those moments, uh, alone with God, we still have a hard time being, being honest with God. And God knows everything. He knew you were not going to be honest with him before you were not honest with him. That's how much he knows. And so a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion on him. And then it goes on to say, and he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, take care of him and whatsoever thou spendest more, uh, when I come again, I will repay thee. Uh, And he said, which of these three, uh, says to the lawyer, which of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him, then, Jesus, uh, then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. Just like how he did earlier in the story. Now, uh, I have here, um, uh, in kind of connection with, uh, with this story uh, and an application to be made here in a moment, but we have, we have three different people. We have the, uh, the priest, the, uh, the um, Levite, and the Samaritan. Uh, and uh, in that story, we could talk about them. But there are really three kinds of, three classes of people that were in this story uh, as well. Uh, and uh, and I, I like the way that uh, old preacher uh, named Adrian Rogers put it. He said the three kind of people, there were the beater-uppers, the passer-uppers, and the picker-uppers in this story. And it's true. You have those uh, that, uh, that uh, of course, hurt this man. And, and we don't know what happened. Uh, and, but here's the thing about mercy. Mercy doesn't need reasons. M- it doesn't. And, uh, and so people say, well, um, like, for example, we have, we have an epidemic of homelessness uh, in Washington State. Uh, and it's, it's, it's all over the place. But, but we particularly have a, a high uh, uh, problem with it. All right. Uh, and, um, um, you know, and you go and there's tent cities and different things, just people all over the place. Uh, and, and, um, <clears throat> and there's all kinds of reasons, by the way, that people are in that position. It's not just drugs. Um, there's finance. There's other things, mental illness. There's all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, uh, but here's one of the, my kind of default places where I go in my mind when I, when I, when I see uh, a tent or somebody on the street. The default, the default is they got themselves into this. That's the default. Um, they owe, they have some type of responsibility. They were, uh, they've, they've done something, perhaps, more than likely, that they're in this position. They're choosing. In fact, they don't want to even call it homelessness. They call it camping. Like, we are choosing to camp. All right? So my default uh, is, um, is they've chose to do this. Uh, and then kind of secondary to that, uh, we think, well, there, there, there's a reason uh, in some of those 
there's victimized people, there's, like I say, mental illness, those types of things. And, uh, but if the, if the Holy Spirit of God uh, leads me to, to help somebody, let's say just to give them some money, uh, and um, mercy doesn't need a reason. So I give them $5, and, and it doesn't matter if they're homeless because of a loss of job or mental illness uh, or drugs. It doesn't matter if they're going to take the $5 that I had to buy drugs or to go buy some alcohol. It, it, none of that matters. It didn't matter in this story. And if we have an account in the Bible that should help us to, should dictate to us our response to these types of situations, this is really one of the only ones. And, and we don't know why this man was in the city. Maybe, maybe it was late at night. Maybe he got in a fight. Maybe, you know, it was a, uh, you know, he probably deserved it. He got beat up. He probably deserved it. And that what, you know, if I, if, I got, if I went home from school as a kid and I had a black eye uh, and, uh, you know, and from fighting or whatever, my, my dad would say he probably deserved it. It didn't matter if I did or not. That was just the default. Got himself into it. He probably deserved it. This man probably deserved it. But, but mercy doesn't need a reason. So it's irrelevant uh, the, in, this, in this passage it's irrelevant why they were there or why, why this happened. Uh, and by the way, it was a, um, you know, it could have been the priest, it could have been the Levite, it could have been the Samaritan. Uh, they're all traveling the same road, going the same, you know, same directions and stuff, and, uh, which, you know, they're by you know, the grace of God go I. Uh, and so it could, have been, it could have been them and it wasn't, but... Um, they all, you know, like I say, they all travel the same road, were subject to the same potential harm, uh, and, uh, but the Samaritan had compassion, had mercy. Uh, and, uh, and so there were the beater-uppers, then there were the passer-uppers, uh, those who, uh, you know, see, uh, they look, the certain priest saw him pass by the other side. The Levi looked uh, and, and passed on uh, by the other side. The Samaritan um, gave aid and had compassion. And so there's passers-by. And I think that there are a lot of people that are like that. Maybe um, you think somebody else is going to do it. Somebody else is going to help them. Uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm using the, the, you know, uh, the connection to homelessness or whatever, uh, but, but it could be any number of things. Um, mercy, compassion. Uh, passers-by, but then there are those who uh, are uh, passer-uppers, but then picker-uppers, uh, those that, that help. Now, I'm saying all this and using this story, and I want to just back up just a smidge uh, to what this, uh, this Samaritan did. Verse 33, the Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion on him. Now, uh, I heard this when I was in Bible college, and it stuck with me ever since. Uh, and, uh, and, this, and this is the, what I heard. Um, compassion without action is only pity. Compassion without action is only pity. Um, you can feel sorry for somebody, that's pity. It's not compassion. Uh, and uh, we, uh, we think they're the same, but they're not. It's, it's doing stuff. And, and I can tell you stories and, and I, uh, uh, about times where I've, uh, I've, I've, I've helped somebody or whatever, uh, and, and you have those stories as well. There's been thankful responses to that. There have been ungrateful responses to it. Uh, and uh, and, and, and all, of that, 
Um, if, if I give something to someone uh, and, uh, uh, and, and they respond ungratefully, I mean, the lesson's more for me than it is for them in a lot of ways, if you think about it. Uh, how do I respond to that? And, uh, and uh, is, it, is it biblical? Is it right? Is it Christian? Um, but compassion without action is only pity. So what did this, it says he had compassion on him. What did he do? He bound up his wounds. Now remember, um, you know, the same peril could fall upon the Samaritan. Uh, the, people who, the people who beat the guy and left him there could have been just right around the corner. And for whatever reason, they did that to him. They could, have, they could do it. So at, so at great personal risk, um, you know, he did that. Uh, here's what we think. He that meddled with strife that doesn't belong with him is like a man that taketh the dog by the ears. We like to quote the Bible uh, to say, I'm not going to deal with that because if I deal with it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come back to bite me. And we'll quote scripture to justify our failure for compassion. And, uh, and, and, and then we feel good about it because we quoted a Bible verse. Uh, and, uh, and we are, we are, actually, we're way worse than this lawyer in this passage of Scripture. Because this, this lawyer in this passage of Scripture uh, had the Old Testament Scriptures. He didn't have all the New Testament stuff where Jesus tells you about, you know, how to be a Christian. And, uh, and so when we do it, it's way worse than what, uh, when this man uh, did it. And so he, he, he went to him, saw him physically went to him uh, and then bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine uh, and set him on his own beast. Uh, you know, it, we think about it in, in the realm of the day-to-day. It'd be like, you know, you see, you see uh, somebody laying on the side of the street. Uh, obviously, they felt they got hurt. Um, are they, here's what goes to our mind. Are they drunk? Are they high? Um, are they, you know, are they sick? Are they filled with diseases? We, our mind goes through all these different things. The Samaritan, if he was driving by uh, on Pacific and saw the man there, would get out of his car, would go to the person, fix him up, and then put him in his own car. Because that's analogous to what would be here. Put him on his own beast and then brought him to an inn. Uh, so you take, the, you take the homeless guy that's laying on the side of the road, doesn't matter, doesn't matter why, he's there, it's irrelevant, he's hurt. Uh, and so you get out of your car, you go there, fix him up, put him in your car, and then you take him, you take him to Best Western, and you check him in. He's ain't got money, doesn't, doesn't have a you know, credit card, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and then uh, took him to the inn, and, then, and, and not only was like, there's been scores. I can't even count the amount of times where I've taken somebody who's needing a place because we, we, we budget for that in benevolence. Uh, they will call, hey, we're on the streets. Can you help us? Uh, and we, we use places like uh, the Motor Inn and different things down here. And by the way, now those rooms are like 90 100 and something dollars. There's no cheap rooms around here. And uh, I, I swoop them up, uh, take them down there, check them in, out. Um, but, but, but this would be like, Picking them up, getting them some food, taking them down there, checking them in, helping help them carry their bags up, up to the room, making sure you got everything. Hey, let me, uh, I, I noticed there's, let me run down to uh, the Arco across the street uh, and, and get some waters, maybe some food you like, you know, is, you know, is there something you like I could get you? It's going the extra mile. It's Christian principle. 
uh, and, uh, and biblical, biblical principle that we follow. And so he, he, he took him to an inn and then took care of him. And then on the, the morrow, uh, the Bible says, when he departed, so he stayed. Uh, and on the, he, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said, all right, so it would be like, if I, was to, if I go down to the Motor Inn uh, and, uh, and I swipe the card, the church credit card, to put the family up in the hotel room, I'll tell the people, this is for one night, thank you, um, and, uh, and maybe two. Uh, and and I always, I'm always thinking, they're going to run it for more. You know, I have to cancel the card, uh, and it's not for amenities. I, I lay out all the limits because of the day and the time that we live in. But this would be kind of like, you know, uh, all right, I'm leaving, uh, and, uh, and if they need anything, um, when I come back, I'll, I'll take care of it. They need an extra night. They need some food. They put something on a bill. Uh, I will take care of it. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, it said, whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay. And he says, which of these uh, was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And the man said, he that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said, go. He had to say, all right. You know, it was, this, it was the Samaritan. It was the guy who showed mercy. And it's not the one that he wanted to say. Uh, and uh, uh, that dirty Samaritan that uh, he wouldn't give the time of day to. Uh, and, uh, and so he says this. So who's your neighbor? Your neighbor is anyone who is in your proximity that you can share the love of God with. That's who your neighbor is. Hey, we need to, do, we need to love God and love our neighbor. Well, but who's my neighbor? Your neighbor is the people on your street, your cul-de-sac, your neighborhood. Uh, it's the people that you come in contact with at Safeway or, or the gas station. It's, a, uh, it's, it's everybody. But we, uh, we know that we're supposed to, to, uh, to do this because Jesus said to do it, but then, but then we don't. And the reason we don't is because it oftentimes, almost every time, comes at great expense. Um, I'm just going to be uh, transparent about um, Love Works. We, several years ago, we did uh, quite a few events. Uh, and... Um, and and going into that, uh, I went into it knowing we're not doing these things as a quid pro quo. We do this love event and that with the expectation that the people that we minister to would come to church because that wasn't the point. The point was for us to do Christian things and to love our neighbor. Trust God for all of the results uh, in all of that. Um, but but, but every, every single one of them, ching, ching, ching. I mean, it was costing money. I mean, we're, we're buying people's laundry, uh, paying for all their laundry down the thing. We're buying meals and, uh, and, uh, and supplies and building things and doing stuff. And so every single, every single one of those events were events that cost us money. And so as an overseer, as a pastor, I got I to I, I I think about all those things. And so part of it was like it's just, it, it took a lot of time and a lot of talents, money, uh, and, uh, and it was just, it was labor. It was hard to do. It cost us. And so, so counting the cost, we stopped doing them. And say, so, well, we're going to start doing them now. Yes, yes, we're going to do them uh, and, uh, and, and have them. Uh, but it's gonna, but it's, to have compassion to show and to love our neighbor is action. Uh, you know, if, if I say you got to love your wife, uh, and, uh, and we'll, we'll emphasize the fact that it's not a feeling, it's a commitment, it's an action. It's doing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so we know and, and we, will, uh, we will define love in terms of doing. So when God says love your neighbor, 
And, and not only does he say it that way, uh, he says, as thyself. Now, I love a little of me. I mean, I, I do. I'm just going to be honest. I, I love myself. Uh, and, uh, you know, I love a lot of things about me. Uh, and uh, and uh, nobody loves me more than me. I mean, God loves me more than me. Uh, and, uh, but you understand, it says you love your neighbor like you love you. And you love you. And, uh, and, and it just, you know, uh, like uh, confession, got the motorcycle, but buying stuff. It's like, uh, it's like somebody gifted me with a, with a smoker uh, like the, uh, uh, to smoke brisket in. And, then, and I didn't get one before because they were expensive. But I spent way more since I got the smoker on accessories and everything else. Just get, uh, and, uh, and doing that. And, uh, and so I got a motorcycle, and I'm like this and that and whatever. I got to get this. And, and Amy's like, stop the bleeding. But I'm like, you know, it's me. Right? I love me. And, uh, and so when me needs something, me gets it. Are you following me? And so loving your neighbor like you love yourself is the same way. Well, it's going to cost, you know, it's going to cost something. But I, ne- I never do that with me. Like, oh, I'm just not worth it. <laughs> There's never been that. And it hasn't been, the Bible says no man hates his own flesh. And, uh, and so love your neighbor as yourself, so it's going to cost. This, this Saturday, uh, it's going to cost us, you know, some supplies, and uh, it's going to definitely cost some time uh, in being here and doing that. There's that sign-up sheet that's there, and we hope that you sign up and you get involved. But, but what is, that's Christianity. It's not that we don't have anything better to do on a Saturday than wash other people's cars, but here's the thing. Supposed to love God and love other people. It's that simple. What are we supposed to do? Do these things: love me and love other people. Well, and then, and then, in fashion, we go. Well, who, what other people? Who is my neighbor? And God lays it out and says, "Everybody's your neighbor, and you love them like you love you." And uh, go and do thou likewise. So that's what we're going to do on Saturday, and then other days as we plan those things. And it's a way for us to show people that we care. Well, you know, um, uh, it just there needs to be, you know, um, you know, as we invest in something, there needs to be a return on investment. You know what the return on investment is, really? Obedience. It's doing Christian things. Uh, and, uh, and you're like, wow, it's my Saturday, and it's this or that, and, you know, it's going to be whatever, and i got to buy sunscreen if it's sunny out, and gotta, there's going to be lunch uh, in, involved, and i got to pay for that or whatever. And, and we start counting the cost, and then we, say, we just tap out, and we don't, we're not going to get involved. And so what we don't do is what God told us to do. Sometimes it's going to cost you, you know, the Holy Spirit says pay for someone's groceries. Uh, you know, mow your neighbor's yard. Uh, and uh, what we do is, yes, sir, Holy Spirit, and we do that, and you say, well, this is the, well, this is the money that I was going to use to buy the thing for the motorcycle. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit goes, no, it's my money. You give it away. Don't worry about it. And, uh, and so we like, Ugh. uh And so Saturday costs you time and money uh, to love your neighbor, but I hope that you do it. I hope that you see this truth here, and don't be lawyering and justifying, well, I'd be there, bud, or this or that, or somebody else, uh, and on and on and on. You're, you're either a, a beater-upper, a passer-upper, or a picker-upper. And, uh, and I'm asking you to be a picker-upper uh, this upcoming Saturday. Let's all stand with our 
our heads bowed and our eyes closed and 